You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And this is the podcast where we talk all about the the uh, wife-sharing lifestyle, hot wifing, cuckolding, and also the interracial aspect of those lifestyles. And my whole goal with this is just to kind of separate uh, fact from fiction. So what I have for you today, um, there's a, a, a person whose profile I came across on Twitter a few weeks ago. And she's actually hosting a podcast of her own where she kind of explores the lifestyle, which is not really new because there are plenty of people now doing podcasts in the lifestyle. But the thing that I found so interesting about hers was that she's not in the lifestyle herself and she comes from an actual media background. And I listened to a few of her episodes. And if you've had a chance to listen yourself, I think you'll agree. She, she brings this kind of energy where she's like, like bright eyed and fascinated by everything that she's learning. And, you know, upon hearing that, I was like, that's somebody that I would love to talk to. So without any further ado, I want to introduce you all to Lena Wynn. Lena, won't you say hello? Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on. And a big hello to all of your listeners. Um, I wonder how many of my followers are going to be super excited to see that I'm being interviewed on a podcast about hot wifing. <laughs> Everyone wants to know, hey, come on now, Lena. Tell me, just tell me you're in the lifestyle. They keep on asking. Well, you know, it, you know that, that, that's your secret for now. You know, maybe you'll wind up one, there one day, maybe you won't. <laughs> you know, but the thing that I like is that you're, you're getting the word out and you're kind of pulling the curtain back. And, you know, because of your background, you're, you know, maybe people are more apt to listen to you maybe than me because they see me as, oh, well, he's in the lifestyle. I'm not in the lifestyle. So why would I listen to that? Whereas with you, you're not as intimidating to listen to. So uh, I appreciate that, you know, because I, the, the whole purpose of me doing this is really to bring it to, although we, a lot of our listeners are in the lifestyle. I've got a ton of listeners who aren't in the lifestyle, Exactly. you know, like the vanilla public who made me a little curious. Uh, and so I'm trying to kind of take the stigma away from, from some of these terms that I've been hearing. And, and so um, thank you. And I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have for me, Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's good. I'm glad you're being so open-minded and, and, and willing to share your story. Now, just to kind of let people know uh, you do have a podcast of your own that you host. You want to tell everybody the name of it? Sure. It's called Consenting Adults. And the idea just came up from talking to a girlfriend after I turned 50 about, you know, how life is so awesome and how we feel like more sexually active and just we just feel great. We're not over the hill. And then she confided in me that she and her husbands were swingers. And that's kind of what started the whole ball rolling. And the more I talk to people, the more I realize there's a lot of this going on out there. People I know, people I never would have suspected were so wild. Um, and so that's how it all started. It's called consenting adults. Okay. And I'll, I'll include the link um, at the end of this so people can find you. Okay. So one of the things that I wanted to start off with talking to you about is, as I said, you actually come from 
that media uh, background. I'm, I'm looking at your Twitter page and, you know, and your, you know, in your profile, it says, you know, an Emmy award winning journalist, formerly with CBS of Los Angeles, uh, voiceovers, corporate broadcast training, and of course, a host of consenting adults and the president of loveacrosstheocean.org. So can you kind of give my listeners a little more of your background as far as being in that news media arena? Sure. Uh, so I've been in uh, TV news for 26 years. I actually retwi- retired in 2018. Um, I was a little disenchanted with the with the industry and what I was doing. Like when I first wanted to get into journalism, you know, I was a child. I had immigrated to the U.S. as a refugee. I thought reporters were so smart. They always knew what was going on. And I wanted to do that and be that. And for most of my career, I was able to do that. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, so I ended up in Los Angeles and I was in Los Angeles TV for the past 21 years. Uh, and then I stepped away. I mean, I did a lot of things. I met a lot of people. I covered mostly bad things, but I also got a chance to do some really fun, meet cool people, talk to people I never would have had the opportunity to talk to. Um, and so that's my background. And And even after stepping away, although I don't miss the news business, like I love being able to breathe and relax, I I miss talking to people. Uh And and so by nature, I love asking questions. I'm curious, uh, especially about things that I don't know about. And and so that's my background and that's why I'm still doing this. And, And this in particular, you know, when people have to hide, and unfortunately, so many people in the lifestyle do, that makes me want to talk to them even more and find out why they're in the shadows. Uh, and so that's kind of what, what pushes me. Okay. So if you don't mind me asking, you said you got a little uh, disenfranchised with the, the, uh, the industry that you were in. Can I ask in what way? Well, uh, in many ways. Um, and I think that when you talk to people who we like to call ourselves TV news survivors, because the industry is cutthroat, uh, and there's just stuff that happens in the industry that doesn't happen in most workplaces. Um, but also because I was getting tired of the whole fake news thing. Right. Um, for the most part, I think that's unfair because just about every journalist I know sets out to do a good, fair job of reporting. However, I myself have seen many instances where media outlets aren't being objective and fair and straightforward. So I understand where it comes from. Um, But as a TV news person, I was like, I couldn't respond to anything. You know, people would get mad at me for reading a story that my producer put on the show. So we really have very little control over what we're actually talking about. But I wasn't allowed to respond. And people, Take it as something that I believed personally. And so it becomes this battle of going to work every day and reading stories and having to fight with your own writers and producers about how a story is written, why we're doing this story and not that story. Why is this word being used? So it was constant battle. And I was just getting very tired of taking it and not being able to say anything about it. Okay. I can definitely understand that. So when you left at that time, 
this was you were not thinking in this lane as far as lifestyle stuff. So what what was your plan after you retired, but before you learned you started learning about the lifestyle? Like what happened in that, you know, in between time? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I do media training, um, and it was something that I did while I was still working in TV news, just teaching people about how to do with, uh, deal with the media, you know, how to write a press release, how to get news coverage, how to answer questions when you're being interviewed, how to say some, how to say nothing, but appear like you're being cooperative, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, and so that was my planned work, but you know, I turned 50, I had retired and I was going through this life change and just had this conversation with a friend and it was a friend whom I've known for years. And when she said that she and her husband were swingers, I was like, my jaw dropped and I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And she told me more details. And then I started to talk to other friends. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, we dabbled in that a bit or yeah, our neighbors, this and that. And so I found out that a lot more people are living in the lifestyle than I knew. And then really more than most people know. Uh, and I, you know, sex is something that like even even the people who are the most conservative and maybe especially those people. We're all interested in sex. Yeah, we all do it. Right. And I think, <laughs> yeah. and and. And I think it's a, I mean, we should, we should be enjoying it. It's why and how we're all here and it's something to be enjoyed. And so coming from a very strict Vietnamese background, we never talked about sex. I didn't have that kind of relationship with my, my parents and culturally like women aren't really supposed to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a man's thing. You're, you know, serve your husband and, you know, and it was okay if the husband cheated because. He's just being a man, right? Uh, which is, is all so wrong. And so I'd, I'd like to normalize the conversation and, you know, let it be okay that women are enthusiastic about sex. You know, why are they thought of as slutty? Whereas a man who is that way is considered experienced. Right. He's the man. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, not, it's really unfair. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I've touched on that a number of times, different times on, on my podcast. Matter of fact, I just released an episode dealing with the topic of slut shaming and the effect that that mm-hmm. has and, and everything. Um, going back to your story about how you got into, I'm just kind of curious. You said you've had, you know, you've known this friend for many, many years. So how did this even come up? Like, do you remember how the fact that she's a swinger, how that subject even came up because you've known her for so long and it never came up before. So what was different? Do you remember what you were talking about that made her tell you that? Um, yeah, I think it was, well, you, you know, when women get together, we talk, we kind of talk about everything. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised that I hadn't heard about it before, but then now that I know more about the lifestyle and so much um, judgment that comes with it, I completely understand why she really didn't tell anybody. Um, And it was, you know, I am now in my second marriage and I am so happy. And I think we were just talking about that. We're just talking about being content um, and just being, being with a partner where you feel so comfortable, where there's nothing that, you know, that you can talk about anything. And of course, the more people I interviewed in the lifestyle, I find that that is a huge component to be in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's that openness. Uh, and so that's what we were talking about. And then that's when she said, you know, back there so open, right? 
they're so trusting of each other that they're able to do this. And, and that's how it came up. Fantastic. Fantastic. So prior to learning about this, I'm just curious, what type of preconceived ideas did you have about, because I mean, obviously, even though you didn't know anything about the lifestyle, we've all heard of swingers, you know, whether it's commercials or movies or, you know, just pop culture, you know, we, we've all been, we're all aware of what the term means, you know, a couple swapping, tea parties, what have you. Did you have any kind of preconceived ideas? Like if someone would have asked you about, what do you think of swinging prior to you learning yeah. this about your friend? Oh, yeah. what, what, what were your views on it? Being honest. So the only time I've ever seen anything and learned anything about swingers was on HBO's Real Sex. Back when I was a little bit, bit younger. And um, I remember just uh, like being really intrigued by it. But also like, oh, they're kind of. And I don't, it, this is going to sound so awful. And I, I'm pretty sure your, your program is not politically correct. So I'm no, just going to say all. this. <laughs> okay. But the, what I saw and what I've thought of swingers were like, you know, um, aging, overweight white people who like, it's like, well, I wouldn't want to be swinging with them kind of. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little, it was a little, ew. It, it wasn't sexy. Right. And so my, my image of a, of a swinger was just, you know, um, more like, um, like an aging hippie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I never would have thought doctors, lawyers, teachers, nurses, mm-hmm. regular people who do stuff behind closed doors that we don't know about. All I had in my mind was what I saw on the show. And it wasn't pretty, Michael. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think that that's something that we can, you know, we can all relate to. I mean, because no matter how seasoned many of us are, for most of us, we all had to start somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we all had that day where we decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk through this door. You know, uh, a lot of people that I've talked to over the years, you know, they really feel like they could pick a swinger out of a crowd. You know, like, like, they, like <laughs> right. they think that swingers, like you said, have this kind of defined look. Either it's the, you know, the aging hippie as, as you described, or they think that it's like the super bimbo kind of greasy looking guy, you know, chains and shirt open, hairy chest kind of, like they think that that's what, you know, swingers are. And, and I would just kind of laugh and be like, you have no idea. You probably work with swingers. You know, your kid's bus driver might be a swinger. Definitely right. one of their teachers. Cause I know a lot of teachers in this lifestyle. Yes. Well, and then the other thing is, you know, and then the other experience I've had is I've, I've done stories on uh, like polyamorous relationships, And uh, many of those couples who actually came forward were a little bit on the, on the weird side. And I, again, say that with, with air quotations because right. it's normal and weird. None of that actually ever really makes sense anymore. But, you know, it's the really tatted up people with piercings and they're okay having, you know, one girl, two guys in the same home. And, and, and so, but you, you've got to remember that these are the people who are willingly coming forward to share their story. Right. But then you've got the other people, the, the people in the, you know, who have professional lives and who are outstanding citizens in their own communities who can't come out. So we're not hearing those stories. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that they're regular people. You know, they're 
maybe your neighbor. Um, and so that was my limited knowledge of, of what, you know, non-monogamy was. Okay. Now I know from following you and, and listening to, to some of your episodes that you've, you've talked to a wide variety of people, people in this, in the swinger community. And you've recently discovered another door within that room, which kind of opens the door into the part of the lifestyle that I represent and the end of the pool that I swim in, which is the wife sharing lifestyle, you know, cuckolding, hot wifing, bulls, that, that whole subset. And I'm kind of curious after digesting everything that you were learning about swinging, you know, couples playing with other couples or maybe a single woman, and then you discover that there's something else out there that some may see as even being uh, more extreme. Um, mainly it's men who feel that way because it like men can see, like they can rationalize swinging like, okay, well, yeah, it might bother me that my wife is playing with somebody else, but I get to play too. Whereas mm -hmm. the hot wifing and cuckolding aspect of it, that just totally blows their mind because they're like, wait a minute, you mean she does all the playing and you don't play at all? Like that just makes their head explode. So I'm just kind of curious, what was your reaction when you first learned about that aspect of the lifestyle, that there are couples out there who don't see themselves as swingers and they kind of go a different route. Right. So uh, my the last episode um, before this week was that cuckolding couple. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you so far, that's our fastest moving episode. Oh, it will be. Everybody who's done a podcast, oh, yeah. whatever they, if, if they don't do a cuckolding podcast, whenever they have a, a cuckolding episode, it is their most popular episode. I've been seeing that since I started right. my own, like almost three years yes. ago. Yeah. So that's, that's what I saw. Um, before talking to him, let me tell you that what I knew about cuckold and my thoughts of it were really based on anything that I've seen, whether it's jokingly with, you know, friends, like, you know, inappropriate emails that people send to each other uh, or something on, on porn. And I didn't understand it. I don't like, to me, it was like, what, but why, why would you um, like, let's say we're talking about the humiliation aspect of some cuckolding. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't get it. But then I talked to this man and he made it sound so normal. Mm -hmm. And beautiful. Right. It, he, right. And he kind of led me through. It's like, um, like being led through this garden and, and like everything made sense. And of course, I've found that many times throughout my career, when there's something you, you don't understand, if you just take a moment and let someone describe their experience, you know, the more understanding that you have, I mean, it, it really does broaden your horizons. Um, and even me, and I'm, I consider myself a very open-minded person. I may not agree with it, mm -hmm. but I'm not judgmental. Like there are people who do, I have very close friends who do things that actually I do not approve of, but I'm still their friend because I understand there's different strokes for different folks, right? Absolutely. And when I talked to this man, it just made it sound so normal. And I came away from it thinking, oh yeah, okay, well, I get it. Now, my view has changed a lot since I started this program on what seems normal, what seems healthy, what seems kinky, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things that I still do not understand. And I'm here to tell you, I probably will never understand. 
You know, there are some kinks that I just don't get and I just don't think I'll ever get it. But when it comes to what turns people on sexually, that is to me not completely gross, like bodily function type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I can see now that the more you're exposed to this kind of thing, you just have more tolerance and more acceptance of, of the spectrum that's out there. Um, and I know that, you know, people always ask me, it's like, you, you must be in the lifestyle because you're so interested in it. Um, and you talk about it. Like they think if, because I have a, a podcast on, on the lifestyle, I have to be in the, in the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about murder and mayhem for 26 years, every <laughs> single day. Right. And so no interest in it, but I will tell you that I'm a person who, um, like, I'm not a jealous person. And I couldn't find one girlfriend through five decades to understand that. Like, all of the women I know get jealous. I don't get that way. Mm -hmm. All of the men I know get jealous. And so I always, I don't know, I always felt like I was kind of weird. It's like, am I like a dude trapped in this you know, girl's <laughs> body or why, why is it that, that no one else thinks this way, but I don't have a jealous bone in my body. Right. Um, and, and so when I hear people talk, like I get it, I understand. And so maybe there is something there that, that makes me gravitate to these stories because it helps me understand my own feelings about, you know, caring for someone, but then not being jealous. So let me kind of uh, back up a little bit because I know my listeners are, are probably curious. I know that you said that you've never been in the lifestyle, but I'm just kind of curious. What is your, if you don't mind talking about it, what is your sexual history? Like, are you, you said that you were very open-minded. So do you have a past filled with, you know, different experiences, no. experimenting, or were you pretty much by the book pretty much from an early age all the way up till now? Yeah, but pretty much by the book. And I'll, and I, and I think it's because of my career choice. Mm -hmm. Like I was always very aware of this is so, you know, back in the eighties day, I mean, decades before the whole social media thing, but I've always been very aware of my reputation and never letting anyone, anything come back to bite me later. Mm -hmm. So like I went as far as like, there are no ex-boyfriends out there who, who even have, you know, pictures pictures, regular pictures of me. <laughs> they don't have cards. They don't have cards handwritten by me and signed by me. It's a weird thing. I know, but uh, I've always been that way. So, you know, you're not going to find a sex tape. Uh, you're not going to find, and I'm, I'm so open mind. I mean, I'm so straightforward that you're not ever going to go back and find a guy who's going to say, Oh yeah, she cheated on me while she was with him because I was very straightforward. If I lost interest, if I wanted to see someone else, I'd say it. And, and it was a take it or leave it kind of situation. So I didn't do anything that I had to hide. Um, and I know that you really can never really hide anything. And I never wanted anything to come back and, and hurt me career wise. So when you, when you talk to all, it sounds like from a, from a sexual standpoint, you were very guarded. Like, like you said, you were very aware of your position and what the optics could be. And so that made you even more vigilant 
as far as keeping an eye on things, keeping things in check. Right. So as you talk to these right. people and you, you hear the stories about how basically they're having their cake and eating it too. You know, they have these wonderful marriages, they have wonderful families, but yet they have these explosive, vibrant, white hot sex lives with all of this experimenting and exploring and experiences. Do you feel like, do you ever feel like you let opportunities get by you or are you looking at it like, Hey, I'm only 50. I got many years ahead of me. I'm open-minded. I'm no longer worried about the optics of my career. I'm kind of in control of my own now. Like, are you looking at this as like the, the yellow brick road that's laying ahead of you? where if something interests you, you now have the freedom to explore it. Like, like how are you kind of looking forward without getting too caught up in looking back? Well, I think that um, part of it was a career, but the other part was just how I grew up, right? I had a very strict upbringing and culturally I'm very tied to my community. Mm -hmm. Although I'm finding out because they've reached out to me on social media I'm finding out there are people in the Vietnamese community and really the Asian community as a whole who are in the lifestyle, but they can't come talk. They won't talk to me about it. They're too afraid of being found out. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, who are we kidding? This is so widespread. And I don't think we'll ever know um, how many people are actually in the lifestyle. I just, I, oh, I don't no, think you, we'll ever really know. No, I don't, I don't know if you ever got a chance to listen. I'll send you the, 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 the link after this. There's a, a woman that I interviewed um, many episodes ago and she's on Twitter. Her name is Chinese hot wife. And, you know, uh, she came to the U S uh, she met her husband in China and they, they moved to the United States and she's now firmly entrenched in the lifestyle. And she's almost like on a crusade where she's trying to inform other women, you know, in her country that, Hey, this is an option. Hey, cause she was, she said something, I can't remember verbatim what she said, but apparently there's a term for women who are above a certain age and are not married in China. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. it's not a pleasant term. I think, no. I think I can't remember if she said it was like almost the equivalent of like leftovers, like leftovers in your refrigerator or something like yep. it's not a pleasant term. And she was talking about just how, how, how much bullshit that is. And so she's yeah. like on this mission to educate women and let women know that, Hey, you have this whole thing ahead of you. You have all of these options that not only this beautiful lifestyle, but like you alluded to earlier, Society sells women a bunch of crap in the sense of, hey, you better be a good girl because if you're a bad girl, no, nobody's going to want to marry you. And right. I'm sure what you've learned in talking to all these people, it's like, hey, not only are these women unencumbered with those societal restraints, but you know what? There are men out there who want to marry those kinds of women. You know, right. there are men out there who are turned on by women who are sexually open and promiscuous and, and, you know, and are sluts. Like there are men out there who want to be with those kinds of women. And so I can totally understand after listening to her story, where you're coming from, especially when you're talking about other cultures where it's even more pronounced than it is in this country. Right. 
You know, I um, and, and I don't know. You've you've been in the lifestyle, and you've interviewed a lot more people than me. I I hear all the time that people say, "I wish I didn't have to keep it a secret." However, I'm wondering how much of the, like you know, the fact that you have to keep it a secret, the fact that you do have a secret, that you've got the secret life, that boy, their minds would be blown if they knew you did this. Um, I wonder how much of that people in the lifestyle actually enjoy that they actually have a secret. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, but I'm, I'm wondering, there's just something about that though. There's something about, yes, I've got this incredible secret that I really can't tell my regular, you know, vanilla friends. Right. Um, that might be attractive to them. And I think the way that we get around that for those of us who are in the lifestyle, and it's why I'm such a big proponent of community building. Like, like I completely understand that, most people are in a situation where they can't tell their family, friends, coworkers about this lifestyle. But like you said, sometimes it sucks because you have all of these great stories and all of these great experiences and you can't (laughs) share them. You can't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always encouraging people to, you know, if you can't tell your inner circle of family, friends, coworkers, then there's an entire lifestyle community out there of people who you can meet, who like you just, like you mentioned earlier, Regular people, people in the same industry as you, people who root for the same teams as you, people from your hometown. In other words, people who you have things in common with besides just your interests in the lifestyle and what people have discovered. And social media has made that a lot easier than it used to be. But it's easy or easier to now reach out to those people and build a community and build friendships of people who you've met through the lifestyle. I mean, I've been very fortunate. I've met, you know, hundreds of people over the past 20 years who've become great friends of mine who I would have never met unless they were in the watching their wife getting fucked. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's how we met. But then, you know, after you get past that and you just, you know, you discover that, wow, these are great people from all walks of life. And, you know, we don't run in the same circle. So we would have never met were it not for this shared interest. And so that's how we kind of get around the, oh, I would love mm-hmm. to tell people this because I'm not as private as most people in a lifestyle are, you know, and I, but I right. don't, you know, I don't judge anybody. I completely understand everyone's reason for having to, to maintain that privacy. But for me, mm-hmm. I personally made the decision that this is what I'm going to do. My mother knows, my sister knows. I don't, I don't have any vanilla friends in my life at this point. Um, I mean, obviously I have friends that I grew hey, up with. Hey, what am I, Chuck Liver? Well, you're not vanilla. You know, I can be <laughs> open with you. I mean, you you haven't walked through the door yet, but you're you're definitely at the door peeking in. <laughs> <laughs> you are looking in. Um, but no, it's it's great when you start to meet other people. And, and not only that, but like you say with your friend, where now you and her can talk about this. She can be open with you and you can be open with her. And not only that, but now that you're kind of, learning how all of this works, you may find yourself picking things out like, wait a minute, I wonder if they are, you know, like, well, right. like when they go out, <laughs> you know, he, he's really comfortable with his wife being flirtatious. Like maybe you never paid attention to it before, you know, but uh-huh. now, now that you're getting all of this information, now your radar are up, you know, your antennas are up right. and now you're, you're right. picking out things that, that maybe, uh, got past you before. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about, I know you said that you're on your, your second marriage. What did your husband think about 
all of this, you having the podcast and exploring and kind of getting, you know, all of these different ideas in your head. Like, how is he handling all of this? <laughs> He's, uh, well, it's interesting because it changes over time. There are like in the beginning, right? When I first started, I was like everything I listened to, Michael, I was like, oh my God, honey, you got to, you got to hear this. It, it was that. And of course, now that I talk to more people, stuff doesn't surprise me as much anymore. Right. And in the beginning, I would like make him listen to stuff and he would just like, where are you finding these people? You know, and, and it was, and then, and then it came through, uh, we went through a time period where he just, he didn't, he didn't want to hear it anymore because some of the people are people we personally know mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to know that about them. For him, he just, he doesn't want to know that, you know, so-and-so, you know, even though he's a guy might be interested, you know, in other men, even though he's married. And so he, I think it's kind of uncomfortable with that. And so I I don't push it. Yeah. And, and I don't push it because we, um, we have an interesting relationship in that, you know, he is, uh, in healthcare and in the financial world. So he never discusses any of his work with me, his clients, all that stuff. And so um, I think that we've come to an understanding that unless it's something really juicy or something that really makes me laugh, we could don't talk about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw, I'll throw stuff, you know, out there. Like I, I, I actually asked him, I said, you know, I think it would be really fun to go to one of these resorts. Like I want to do like a live podcast from one of these resorts, you know, that kind of thing. And, and he just, he shakes his head. He goes, do you really have to go? <laughs> um, and so that's, that's where, he, that's where he is. And I don't know if, you know, the more he listens, the more it might sound normal to him, but even now, and I'm like 36 episodes in it, it's still something that's very weird to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it, to him, it's still strange. I can get that. I can get that. So I'm going to put you under, under the spotlight a, a little bit here. I know that, you know, you're married and, and, and that's the, the, the person that you're with. What was your sex life like before you started learning about this and how has it affected your sex life with your husband since you've been hearing all of these stories and these things that people are doing and like, has it, has it affected you at all? Has it made you more, adventurous in bed? Have you been more suggestive? Like, Hey, let's try this. Let's try that. You know, like how has it affected Um, you in that sense? It actually, well, it hasn't, but it's only because I'm a pretty adventurous person. My listeners are going to love this because I never, never (laughs) talk about my personal life ever. Well, now you're you're on my show. (laughs) And and most people look at me and they think conservative because I've been in the media for so long. Right. Although I know, I know that people think the liberal media, blah, 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 but they um, like, they're surprised. I have a sense of humor when they meet me in person because everything they see on the news is me talking about murder and I simply right. can't smile or laugh. Um, but I, I don't, I really kind of don't hold back, but then again, I don't think that I'm that like kinky of a person. I don't, you know, uh, and especially anything that I want to do that is so extraordinary um, that I've been holding back on. But now, but on my second marriage, there's something about 
being, and I think also with age, being so comfortable mm-hmm. and um, having like a healthy body image thing. Like I've always been in shape. You know, I'm just one of those people. I could eat whatever I want. I, I don't, you know, I've never been overweight. I, so I know that I'm lucky, but I've always been very shy with my body. Like my first husband, I would make him turn around or leave the room before I changed. That was just the way I was. Wow. And I would be the type of person where like, you know, it needs to be darker candles. I'm just not, I just don't like to be seen. Okay. Now I, that doesn't matter to me. Like I'm complete. I feel that my husband really digs me. I don't have any whatever's about my body. And therefore, you know, I enjoy my sex life a lot more because I don't have those hangups. And so I think some of that came with age where I don't care. You know, I don't care if I think I have a pooch. It just, it doesn't affect me. And also I've learned that to really enjoy your sex life, you actually have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Most of my adult life, I was so concerned about is he enjoying himself? Does he like this? How do I look? Does how, you know, that it was all on the other person. Like I wasn't concentrated on me. And so now it's more like I'm going for what I want. Right? Like he's listen, he's happy. I have <laughs> I have no doubt that that he's enjoying it. I'm going to make sure I'm enjoying it. And that selfish and selfish doesn't have to be a negative term, but that kind of selfish sex to me, great. That it's okay to want things and to enjoy things and to go after it, you know? Um, so I, you know, I don't know if it's really changed it that much. I'm, I'm not like, I'm still me. I'm not um, an exhibitionist yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what, one thing that you said, um, and this is again, shining the light on you some more, you were talking about how you just don't have that jealous bone in your body. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to be like that kind of just, while, while being vanilla because it was just a thought in your mind. And like you said, you actually felt kind of strange because you didn't know anybody else like that. And now what's been happening since you've launched your podcast is you're discovering as one of my, uh, a, a couple that I interviewed put it, and I love this term, you've discovered that, oh, I, I think I found a tribe that I belong to. You know, um, in other words, there are a whole lot of people who think kind of the same way that I think and view things the Mm -hmm. same way that I view them. So what I'm curious about is you're not being jealous combined with your information gathering and exposure to this lifestyle. Have you even in passing mentioned anything to your husband? Like, wow, I've been like the thought of watching him with another woman. Has that, I'm sure the thought has crossed your mind since you've been talking to people, but have you voiced that to him? That the thought has crossed have, your mind. I have, okay, again, more information than anyone has ever heard from me. This is what I do. I have voiced that. I have voiced that since I was in college. You know, just, and really it was probably just dirty talk. They, you know, no one has ever taken me up on it. And I'm not sure that there was really ever opportunity because again, I was always very uh, straight laced and like there's, 
I wanted to make sure that no one was ever going to be able to come back and say, well, she did this Mm -hmm. and hid it from everybody. It just doesn't exist. And so it's been all talk. It's been maybe just all in my head. And then I also know from talking to people that sometimes what you think of in your head, your fantasies, sometimes it's actually hotter in your head than when you actually do it. I've heard of that many times. Like, boy, you know, I really thought that he was going to this. And then when it happened, it was like, huh. Uh, and I would hate for that to happen because to me right now, that is a great fantasy in my head. And I would, uh, I'm not sure if it would actually ever if, be. Right. If it would play out good, the way. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you remember Dr. Drew, right? Loveline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one thing that an ex once told me was that, no, 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 no. Threesomes, they never work out. They never work out. Dr. Drew says it because he had always said on his show, those things never work out. <laughs> and I think that the people in my life were afraid of what might happen if we did something more than the, you know, cute little vanilla circle that we have uh, just between uh, he and I. So I, I don't know. And I don't know if it'll ever change just because I do know that I'm still, I still identify as, as, the journalist, you know, I still feel like I'm still that person. It wasn't just a job for me. I I can't just, I lived my life for a very long time being very careful and protective of my image and my reputation. I'm not sure that I would ever do anything outrageous because I just can't, I can't bring myself to. Yeah. It's like an old habit. It's it's very comfortable for you. You've you've been that way for so long. Uh, one right. of the things I'm curious if this has started happening to you, because you're, you're, you're coming at it from a different perspective than I did, but I'm curious to get your take on it. Um, I've been hosting parties, like lifestyle parties, for a number of years now. And the effect that it's had on me is, you know, couples will come and oftentimes they're in a hotel, so they don't, they don't, you know, the wife doesn't come dressed for the party. You know, she'll have her regular clothes on. So these people would come through the door, you know, and the wife is, you know, her hair's in a ponytail and she's got her glasses on and her flats and her, you know, her, her mom jeans or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> and she'll go into the bathroom and she'll change and she'll come out and she's got the five inch heels on with the fishnet, you know, or the sheer top and her hair's, you know, hair's down. And, and then I will proceed to watch her do and engage in all of these different sexual acts you know and she has fun and she's just just living in the moment and totally going with it and fucking and sucking and playing with multiple guys and women and she's just doing everything and then at the end of the night before they leave she'll go back in the bathroom and she'll put her Clark Kent glasses back on and and <laughs> and and then she'll leave you know they'll leave and for me I'm looking at it like did you just see like did you just see what happened? Like this woman came in here and just like totally transformed and then she changed back Uh and left. And as a result of (laughs) being around these parties for years and years and years, I'm at the point now where no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, every time I, and I don't 
mean this in a demeaning way or anything like that, but every time I look at a woman, the first thought that goes to my mind is, I wonder what kind of kinky shit she's into because I've seen so much from so many unassuming people. Like I know that you cannot judge a book by its cover. And I bring that up right. to say that you're kind of coming at this from a different angle and that you're not being exposed to this through parties, but you are being exposed to it by talking to people. And I'm sure that for a lot of the people that you've talked to, you probably got done with the interview, like, wow, they seem like a very normal person. Like you would never know that they were into what they're into. So I'm just curious, mm -hmm. have you found that kind of trickling into just your people watching and daydreaming as you're going about your day and you see somebody and maybe it's a woman dressed a certain way or a guy a certain way or the way that like, you know, when somebody's in the store and say a woman might seem to be overdressed to be in that particular store. Like, why is she wearing heels to Walmart? Whereas before people might judge that woman, <laughs> but now that you know about this lifestyle, it's like, I wonder if she's actually fishing for the attention. Like, do you find yourself well, looking at people a little differently? Like, I wonder what they're into. Um, you know, because obviously because of the pandemic, I really haven't been out a lot. Well, very true. Yeah. But yeah, it makes me look back and it makes me look back and wonder about different experiences I've had where I felt like women were hitting on me, uh, like with their husbands there. So, you know, like clearly they weren't lesbians, but you know, just like really overly friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, when you first meet someone and she's very touchy feely with me and then, but you know, I just thought, uh, you know, maybe is she drunk? Is she, wow, boy, she's really friendly. But it, it causes me to look back at the different experiences I've had and wondering if those people were swingers um, because they acted in a way that, that, you know, I, I know a lot of swingers should be acting now. Mm, yeah. I do know. It's like they were waiting for you to take the bait. <laughs> right. I, I do know that I, um, I start finding that like all the stories kind of start sounding the same to me, which is why, and, and this is just on a production level, but like I loved throwing in the cuckold because it was so different, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I like talking to people with something a little different. Like, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I interviewed two women who um, met each other and then swapped husbands, you know, so they're two hot wives that are like out on the prowl, just the two of them now. Mm -hmm. And so I like hearing about new experiences because after a while they do start sounding the same, you know, it's the fantasy talk. Then it's the sex club visit. You know, and then it's the websites and then this is what they do. It's starting to sound vanilla. Hmm. Well, you need to swim deeper into the, uh, the wife sharing pool because there's a, <laughs> it, 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 there's, there's a lot more, there's, there's a lot of different things uh, going on. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because this is the, you know, the, the, the end of the pool uh, that I swim in. But if, if you're, right. if you're about, female empowerment and kind of seeing women kind of taking control of things and doing what they want to do. Cause there are a lot of couples in swinging where she might not be too keen on it, but it's kind of her husband steering the ship, you know? Right. And, you know, unfortunately not everyone, but there are couples, you know, in the swinging, uh, you know, swinging lifestyle. And I've talked to another, a number of women who come from this where, they almost feel like commodities to their husbands, you know, mm -hmm. like, Hey, my wife is hot. I know you want to play with her. Let me play with yours. It's like, she's a, she becomes a bargaining chip. Like one of the things right. that I often say is I would love to see some of these husbands at a party 
without their wife being there with them. Like, like a lot of these guys, <laughs> they wouldn't even know how to approach a couple if they didn't have their <laughs> wife to kind of stick out in front of them, you know? Uh-huh. And so that's one of the things yeah. that that's kind of different, you know, on this end is that, you know, the women for the most part, I'm sure you have exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, the women are fully engaged. And what you're seeing is almost like one of those, what ifs, like what would happen if you had a room full of, or a hotel full of women who were free to do what they wanted to do. And I've Mm -hmm. been to those types of hotel takeover parties and trust me, it's a completely different energy than what you experience at a takeover party that's for swinger couples, you know, Hmm. where the women are in control. So I get Mm -hmm. what you're saying, how the stories all kind of start to sound the same. But Mm -hmm. I think as you, and I have a feeling that you're going to, just because you've already opened, you know, the cuckold door. And let's be honest, it's great for ratings, (laughs) you know? um, So you've already kind of opened that door. So I do see you kind of, the journalist in you wanting to dig deeper into it because there's, there's so many different layers to it. Right. Another thing that I I find interesting and it's just because you're really just, um, whatever happens in like the vanilla population, I also see in the, in the non-monogamy population. And I'm kind of sad to see that you, you guys are about, not judging others, right? Mm-hmm. And accepting, you know, not yucking someone else's yum, right? I love that thing. Yeah, I love that. It's and one of yet, my favorites. Yeah, and yet there's still a stigma, for instance, regarding um, against bisexual men. Mm-hmm. Like I had a really good conversation with a bisexual man, and I thought, oh wow, I wonder how many other guys have this, but they just can't talk about it. And it, the episode didn't do as well. And that it makes me wonder why that is. Because if you're exploring, you know, sexual desires, needs, and wants, you would think that there might be a little more of that and that people might want to listen to someone who's gone through it. He's married and he's found out that, you know, he's, he's got these things where he doesn't have an attraction emotionally to men. But hey. If the situation's right, 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 he'll have sex with them, and to him, it's just sex, which I find I I like I think that's super interesting because I think it's possible with women. There's that's so many good. bisexual women in in the lifestyle who aren't looking for a relationship; they just mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, they'll get on top of a woman. It's almost expected of them, you know. I mean, I've, right. I've actually talked right. to some wives who are reluctant to get into it or reluctant to go to parties because they're not bi and they felt like they would have been pressured or it would have been expected of them to interact with the other mm-hmm. women. And they're like, I, I have no, not judging anyone who does, but I don't, I don't have any interest and I don't, you know, I don't want people to, I don't want to feel uncomfortable, you know, but right. you definitely bring up a very good point. And I, I'm always adamant about, you know, trying to get people to be, I guess, more open-minded in the sense of we deal with enough judgment from the vanilla world into what we do. It always boggles my mind Mm -hmm. when I see people within the lifestyle judging other people in the lifestyle. Exactly. And I've seen, I've seen it at my own parties. I mean, I've seen, I've stood next to guys and he's sitting there 
watching his wife getting gangbanged. And he's like, yeah, I love watching this, but that cuck shit, yeah, that shit's weird. And I'm like, dude, your wife is taking three dicks to the face right now. And you're talking about somebody else's weird, you know, but right, you're right. Exactly. You, you, you do see it. And I try to call it out when I see it just to kind of make people aware that, Hey, you know, we're, we're all in the same shopping mall. We might be in different stores, but we're all in the same mall, you know? Yeah. And, and so let's try to, you know, if you're not into something fine, you could say you could, you can, you can not be into something, but you don't have to look down your nose at the people you are. I mean, one of the things that I always say is it makes people feel comfortable to think that they are in full control over what turns them on. When the reality is we have zero control over that. Something either turns us mm -hmm. on or it doesn't. We're exposed to it. Right. It either resonates with us and touches something within us or it goes in one ear and out the other. And we, we don't think about it again. You know, so if you see somebody who's into something that you're not, obviously they were exposed to it. They got turned on and it didn't have that same effect on you, but don't judge them like there's something wrong with them because they're into something that you're not. If, if, if as long as they're not hurting anyone and if they have a partner, them and their partner and enjoying the same things, who cares? You know, right, life exactly. is yeah, life is hard enough. If two people found something that makes them happy, let them ride with that. Like you said, don't, mm -hmm. and I'm, I, I love that term as well. Don't, don't yuck somebody else's yum, you know, mm -hmm. but with that being said, I, I, I'm always trying to be uh, mindful of the time. And, and I, I, I just want to say when I came across your profile, I knew that that's somebody that I would love to talk to like you. I, I love learning and I, I wanted to know what got you into this and where does that enthusiasm come from? And that, that wide eyed wonder, you know, that, <laughs> that you have, because that's something that not that it's a bad thing, but for those of us who are in the lifestyle, like the people who have made the decision to walk this path, yes, it's exciting, but you don't really see that same level of wonder, you know, like that, right. like taking a kid to Disney world for the first time, like that, that look at it. <laughs> and when I listen to you, that's what I hear. That's what I hear in your energy is that wonder in your voice. And that was why I wanted to talk to you. And now that I've had you on my show, you've made me look so right because that's exactly what you possess is that, that bright eyed wonder, you know, like you're exploring all this and it's all new and you just want to learn more and more and more and more. You know, you just want to keep eating and eating and eating. And I'm curious to see where this all leads you. Like, I'm curious to see where you're going to be in three years. You know, are you going to be doing that live broadcast from a resort? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know, will your husband be one of those people that's like, yeah, I, I was resistant and I, I fought against it, but she made such a compelling argument that I decided to try it and we loved it. And now here we are, <laughs> you know, like, is that, is, is, is that going to be your story or is it still going to be something that you don't discuss over the dinner table? You know, like no, none of us knows right. what the future may hold, but I'm definitely curious to see how your story turns out. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm curious as well. The, I've, the response has been really incredible. Like I'm proud of the work that we're doing and I'm proud to see like some of my followers who I know are very conservative and, you know, judgmental, but they're like, you know, I, I really, I'm enjoying the show. Like, I don't think it's, my thing. I don't think they should be doing it, but I'm really enjoying listening to their stories. And like, that is why I'm doing it. I only had one kind of 
negative sounding um, comment from someone within the lifestyle. And it was on the cuckold episode. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, I'm surprised the host didn't know anything about cuckold. And so I'm like, why? And she goes, because you're doing a lifestyle podcast. And I had to explain that the reason this, this isn't just for people who are in the lifestyle. Right. You know, I want to bring it to people who aren't in the lifestyle. And if you're sitting at home and you're listening to a term that you don't know about, whether it's compersion or cuckolding or, you know, whatever, like I would wonder and I would want the host to make it clear. And so that that wide eyed thing that you hear, it's, I think it makes me a good interviewer to not know so much about the lifestyle because I'm going to ask. And like, I ask things that maybe you guys wouldn't ask, like, you know, mm-hmm. with the cuckold guy, I, I asked, I said, so I have to get personal, but does she shower? I remember you that know, question. Like, I, I remember giggling because I knew what he was going to say. <laughs> right. And, see, yeah. and I didn't. Um, but I think it's a question that has to be asked because it's the person at home who, who didn't know, know anything about cuckolding. They may be thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I really would love to to uh, find more people to tell me these stories that are going to make my jaw drop. I love being surprised. I love hearing and learning new things. Um, and uh, so, and but I want to ask you something, and that is, you know, you're talking about not yucking anyone's yum. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that I don't get, like BDSM. I'm not into. I, I don't understand that. I don't know how, but I. I realize that people are turned on by that, but the other weird kinks, like the bodily function stuff, like, do you get that? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, you, it, you do. it's, it's not so much about getting it. It's once you get to the point where you realize that people are turned on by different things. So I guess I stopped investing time trying to get it. My thing is, Hey, if it mm, makes you happy, mm-hmm. if you find somebody who gets down that way, that's all that matters. So you, you, you stop wasting mm. time trying to get it because who cares if I get it? You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter right. if I get it. That that's, that's, you know, that's a me problem. Like if I don't get it, that's not right. their problem. That's my problem. And I just, exactly. I just, nice. I just, yeah, I just choose not to have those problems. So even if it's something that I'm not into, I don't waste a second like worrying about it. Now I may have a, a natural curiosity to want to find mm-hmm. out about it, even though I have no desire to try it, just the way that my mind works, I'm curious about it. Right. But, you know, I would say anyone out there who is struggling with trying to get something, stop trying to get it. Just accept it. You know, mm-hmm. I, to this day, I don't get why I look at a plane and I'm like, everything in, t- in me tells me that thing is too big to fly, but they do. <laughs> they fly. Somehow they work, you know. I mean, how many times have you been on the phone and, and, and a call dropped and you don't know how cell phones work? All no. I know is that when I pick it up and dial some numbers and hit send that a person on the other end picks it up. I don't understand the, the exact technology as far as the hows and the whys. And I just accept it. And so I approach mm-hmm. the lifestyle the same way. I just accept it. I don't worry about trying to figure out, well, why are they doing that? And is there something wrong with them? And, you know. Because who, who mm-hmm. am I? Like once you move beyond vanilla, like once you take that step, that step off the bed and you start doing anything that is, I don't care if you just got a vibrator, like once you cross that line, whether you want to admit it or not, you're on that slope. 
Mm. Now, somebody might be more advanced, you know, like you might say, well, I use a vibrator, but I don't get people who are in the whips. You do realize that you're using a tool just like they are, (laughs) you know, so. Right. But a lot of people don't look at it that way. You know, like I said, like I've been at parties and I've watched the husband watching his wife with, you know, four guys. And he's like, yeah, but that cuckold shit is weird. (laughs) I'm like, dude, your wife has got two dicks in her pussy right now. (laughs) But yet, you know, you're saying that that guy over there is weird, you know, and and it's it's just I guess it makes people feel comfortable, you Uh know, to to be like, okay, I'm kinky, but I'm not that kinky. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, so, you know, I, what I would say is for anyone, like if something makes you uncomfortable or rubs you the wrong way or something, ask yourself that hard question. Why, why am I reacting to it that way? What is it that's going on in my head? What is it about my past that's making me react to it that way? And people might be surprised <laughs> at what they find out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know, but Lena, look, I want to thank you uh, for, for, for Do being I owe here. you any money? This is like therapy. Do I owe you any money for this hour, Michael? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's on, it's, it's, it's on the house. It's on the house. And again, for those, for, for, for those just to kind of let people know on Twitter, you are at consent adults. That's C-O-N-S-E-N-T-A-D-U-L-T-S. Uh, your website is uh, Lena Gwen.net. Uh, L-E-Y-N-A-N. G-U-Y-E-N dot net. <laughs> Thank you. And I'd, I'd, I'd look forward to, to, to seeing what, uh, what the response is to this. I mean, you've been a delight to talk to. It's definitely a change of pace uh, for me. And I'm glad that I got a chance to talk to you. And I'm glad that you were fearless in, in being able to pretty much answer anything that, that I threw with you. You're a great interviewer. I, I hate being interviewed, which is why most of the time I say no. I'll ask the questions. It's, not an, it. it's not an interview. It's a conversation. We're just recording it. That's right. <laughs> That's all. So on, on behalf of my listeners, I want to thank you. Um, kind of like a parting shot. Is there anything that you would like to say? Because obviously most of my listeners are people who are in the lifestyle. Being someone who's yeah. coming at this from a different perspective, what would you like to say to my community as a whole. Well, I I think that um, I know that a lot of you are not open about being in the lifestyle, but if you're able to share your story, I think it just, it helps your cause, right? So if your cause is just to become more accepted or help people who are dealing with these emotions and feelings and desires that they don't understand, uh, that's why I'm doing the podcast is to share stories and let people know it's not so weird, right? That and as long as you're not hurting anyone and as long as you're two consenting adults, you can do whatever the heck you want. Absolutely. Uh, and so if, if anyone wants to share their story, that I'd, I'd love to talk to them. Yes, please, please, please reach out to her because look, you're, you're an untapped market for us. I'm always happy to see, you know, more people kind of shining a positive light, you know, um, on this lifestyle. So the more podcasts that pop up and people are able to kind of bring a fresh perspective to it. And, you know, that's something that I can appreciate when somebody is bringing something kind of unique to the table. And you're definitely doing that, you know, you're definitely doing that. And then as someone who's in the lifestyle, I just want to say, I appreciate you. Thanks, Michael. You know, 
Um, now, for my uh, listeners, thank you all. Again, I always want to give a special shout out to my Patreon supporters because you guys know what you mean to me. You know that I wouldn't be able to do this if it was not for your continued support. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for the belief that you have in what I'm doing. And for those of you who are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I always say, maybe this will be the episode that will convince you to maybe this will be the episode that makes you say, you know what? I like what that Michael C guy is doing and I want to see him continue doing what he's doing. So on behalf of the keys and ankles podcast, I want to thank you. I want to thank you, Lena, for participating and for sharing your story with us. And to all my listeners, I will see you when I see you. Peace. Peace.